0: Hello, and welcome to the fourth season of Scene to Song, a musical theater podcast for people who love to discuss, critique, and celebrate musicals as a literary art form. I'm your host, Shoshana Greenberg, and each episode, I'll bring on a guest to talk about a musical, musical theater writer, or a topic or trend in musical theater. My guest today is Ryan Wright. Ryan is an actor living in New York City and a lifelong Disney fan. He has been on stage in television and film, and he loves appearing on podcasts to discuss anything from Disney to being a nice New Yorker. We're going to talk today about the Disney musicals. Hey Ryan, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast.
1: Hello, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here and talk about... Disney and Broadway.
0: Excellent. Well, let's get started with our get to know our guest questions. What was your first experience with a musical?
1: So my first, I feel like my first real experience with like seeing a musical and being like, oh my gosh, like I love that. I want to like, you know, be part of that or, or like see those things was The tour of Greece in the 90s, there was the Broadway revival with like Rosie O'Donnell on Broadway and it toured and my parents took me to that in California and San Francisco and I saw that and I was just like, this is the best show, this is the best thing, like what they're doing. Um, But I had always loved, you know, musicals and things from an early age, but that was like a real professional like Broadway type show and I just thought that was amazing.
0: Great. Uh, which musical has had the greatest impact on you?
1: So, I think a musical that I think about all the time was a musical called Grey Gardens. I don't know if you remember Grey Gardens. Yep, yep, I saw it. I saw it a few times, and I just thought that was such a moving... It felt like not even like a traditional musical. It was like a play with music, and they just happened to sing. It was so just moving i thought the the way it was told where christine ebersole played like the mother in the first act and then she played the grown-up daughter in the second act and it was i just thought the way they did it was just so wonderful and it was kind of like a tragic story it didn't necessarily have a happy ending and i think the music of that and music in that was really great um I, but also like r- a recent one though Town. i've been thinking about a lot i saw that and that, that kind of sticks with me too
0: excellent Yeah, I should revisit Grey Gardens. I remember really liking it and loving the music when I saw it, but I haven't listened to it in a while. So I feel like that's That's definitely one to go back to. Um, What's a musical people may be surprised to find out you love and why would they be surprised?
1: This was a hard question because I feel like People would not be surprised at anything that I like, probably because of the Disney, so they're like, oh, he'll like anything. But maybe people would be surprised, because I try to see a lot of theater, I do love a lot of the shows that, like, get panned, or, like, people are, like, turn their nose up at them, like Spongebob, I thought was a great show, and I love, um... I love, really, some of the movies that get turned into musicals, even though they sound like a horrible idea. Like, The Wedding Singer, I thought, was such a good show, and it, you know, basically got, yeah, it kind of got banned, but I thought, I actually, like, enjoy it more than the movie. So, I, you know, that might be something people would be surprised at, but I don't know. I don't think I could really surprise anyone with my my taste. I could kind of,
0: I can see that, yeah. Yeah, I can see that about you. Um... What's your favorite musical that no one else has heard of?
1: Um, A musical that no one else has heard of, I would say, and I didn't actually see this because I don't think they ever really mounted it, but they put out a cast recording and they did like a, they did a, maybe a staged, like a concert of it was Bubble Boy. Do you know Bubble Boy?
0: Oh, I don't think so, but it does sound really familiar.
1: It's based on the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Where he's a boy in the plastic bubble. And they made a musical out of it. And Alice Ripley is the mother on the cast recording. And it is, some of the music, I just thought the music was so good. Um, And I feel like that's a musical I'll say and people are like, I've never heard of that. Um, And granted it did not have a, a full stage, an actual production like on Broadway or anything like that. But it is out there and you can listen to it on Spotify or anywhere, and its I think it has great music.
0: I'm going to listen to that. Who is your favorite hero character or protagonist in a musical, and who is your favorite villain or antagonist in a musical?
1: I feel like one of my favorite... It's so hard for me to pick just one. One of my favorite protagonists is Leo Bloom from The Producers. I just love Leo Bloom. I think because maybe we're similar in some ways. So I I really love Lil Boom. I really love Louise from Gypsy. I think she's a great character. And on in that respect, villains, this could be like a controversial opinion, but I'm like, is Mama Rose a villain or is she the protagonist? Because she could she's a great sort of her own villain in a way. And I think she's a great villain. But I do love Scar from The Lion King, I think he's a fantastic villain. And Captain Hook, I think because they're almost like Shakespearean in that way. So I just love that uh, just sort of air about them. And, and they seem, they speak, seems like they speak so eloquently, but they're like not as intelligent and they're, and they're and they're great villains.
0: What is a moment in a musical that you think gets to a complex emotional state that you didn't think was possible to get to.
1: So I think I'm going to go back to gray gardens with this one and a song that they, the mother and Christina Brasal and Mary Louise Wilson, they sing it together at the end and it's called another winter in a summer town. And there's just like a moment when they're both just kind of singing about their lives. It's like this really big moment and they kind of harmonize and like it, they're talking about, like, they know, like, their season ended a long time ago, but nobody, you know, it's kind of like, nobody told me, and it's, it just is this really great moment of recognition for these two women who are, like, you know, well into their, you know, their adults, they're older, and just to sort of recognize that, like, their lives are just, they're just sort of, like, what happened, and it's, it's such a great moment. Yeah,
0: I, I really love that song from the show, and I was like, um, I guess learning about like musical theater uh hooks at like song hooks at the time and I was like, another winter in a summer town, like that is such that is like the best hook for a song. Yeah. Um but it's so good. It's like uh it's so evoc it's so like right for the the characters, it's so evocative, it's like such a great metaphor.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if people don't know Great Gardens, like, you know, about the Edie Beale and her mother, um, the documentary is like fascinating. But they're in the Hamptons. So the fact that they're, you know, saying about another winter in a summer town, it's just so sad because, you know, the Hamptons, we all think of like, oh, the summer, the beach, it's so nice, it's fun. But they live there. And so the winter is so dead and dreary and like lonely. And it's just, yeah, that sort of juxtaposition is, is very uh is very interesting and it works great for that song. Definitely. I'm getting chills right now. <laughs> 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 Thinking about that. Uh, so good.
0: Yeah. Um, well, great. Let's uh move on to our topic, which is Disney musicals on Broadway. All right. Um so yeah, like let's talk first, I guess, about your background with Disney. I know you have very extensive knowledge of, of Disney and the, and, and the, the, the musicals and the movies.
1: Yes. Yes. I love Disney ever since I was little, just growing up with the Disney films, um, going to the Disney parks. And so of course, Little Mermaid is my all time favorite, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin, like that sort of Disney Renaissance period. Um, was very great, and and when they decided to put Beauty and the Beast on stage and do Broadway, it was like, oh my gosh, like, like, what a great idea. And so, my first experience with a a Disney Broadway show was Beauty and the Beast. I feel like most people's, it was. Was it yours?
0: Actually, I did not, I never saw Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I started with I know, I started with The Lion King, Um, that was the first Disney musical on Broadway that I saw, yeah.
1: Well, Beauty and the Beast was wonderful, I mean, it was, the like they said, the movie, I think one of the reviews for the movie was, this is the best Broadway show that isn't on Broadway, like, I think that's what they said, and I think that's what sort of spawned, you know, Disney and Michael Eisner to be like, hmm, you know, we could do a Broadway show... And interesting that Disney, I think Broadway producers had been courting Disney for a while, not for them to come do their shows, but they were wanting the rights to their material so they could be like, hey, let us do your, you know, show. But Disney has so much money, you know, and and, and Michael Eisner was just like, well, I could do it myself and I actually don't need all of you. So, um, yeah, they did Beauty and the Beast and, and that was really my first experience with a Disney Broadway show and it was just wonderful. Just wonderful. And then you know that paved the way for for so many great shows after.
0: Um well not having seen it, but I still my sense was that like and let me know what you think of this take, is that Beauty and the Beast was a like kind of more like this is the show and, you know, we we've enhanced it for the stage, like we've added songs and you know, it made it theatrical, but it's really, you know, the movie was, was already so, you know, it, it it's more like the movie, you know, on the stage, whereas something like The Lion King, which came later, which, which came, was the next one, was like, oh, like, this is what theater can really, the, how theater can really enhance, like, the movie-going experience that you had. It's now, like, you know these puppets and the you know all this stuff so that that was kind of like yeah. my sense of like how like definitely beauty and the beast works great on stage because it it is a, sh- a movie that you know as i said like would work great on stage whereas something like the lion king you would think like oh how would that work on stage well this is something beyond what you Enter Julie more <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, beauty. Yeah, you're right. Beauty and the Beast was very much sort of like a literal translation. Like they're like, we're gonna take the movie, put it on stage. Um, I mean, they did a lot of groundbreaking breaking things. The costumes and makeup and were very, you know, everybody was kind of curious how that would happen. Um, but it it worked really well. And I, I think like Susan Egan, who played Belle originally, talks about like in the out-of-town tryout that the actors they had so much makeup because they were trying to make them look so much like the beast or the the claw you know cogsworth lumiere mrs potts they looked so much like the objects that you couldn't see their faces anymore and they decided to strip that away and the show became so much better because you could really sort of identify with the actors and see them um But yeah, Lion King came along and it was like, well, who, how are they going to do that? And then, you know, Disney, I feel like they really used to take risks. And Julie Tamer was a big risk because she was like unknown. And she did this total like brilliant reimagining of how to tell the Lion King on stage. And yeah, it definitely was like, hey, you could, you know, take a Disney movie and turn it into, you know, this really artistic, fantastic display of, of, of culture and music and, um, yeah, I, I think they were, they were very different productions. But it was such an exciting time when Disney was was doing that. I feel like it was a lot of kids like my generation. You ask people what their first Broadway show was, a lot of people were like, it was Beauty and the Beast.
0: Yeah, I guess it's funny. Like I, I was like a big Disney kid. Of course, I mean you know, I'm you know into those movies and stuff. But in when it came to Broadway I was not as into them as Broadway shows because I was just like why would I want I was of like the why would I want to see the movie on stage you know type of person and even when I saw The Lion King as much as I loved the theatricality of it I was like why are all these people laughing at the jokes they've already heard them in the movie <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because I I mean I was very snobby but um but but I was like what like why are we just putting yeah like why are we just putting the movie on the stage even though obviously other stuff is being translated and there's new songs but so that I was kind of like of that of that position um where I was very much like what are we really like enhancing here but I think it is a question of like you know when we're putting when we're adapting you know a movie even though it's a Disney movie that we you know they want to keep intact like what yeah like what is the show gonna enhance I mean I think Lion King even though I was still like it's the same jokes um like really answers that that question in that way um with the theatricality but yeah i'm curious about your thoughts on it
1: yeah for me like disney is a lot of nostalgia so like when they do these shows or even when they remake the movie like they make live action versions of the animated films as they're doing now a lot for me it's like you know Like, I want to go to them because I'm like, yes, like you said, you already know the jokes. Maybe they'll write some new ones, but you know what the story is. You know what the songs are, you know. But for me, it's like walking into something being like, oh, I already have this warm feeling of like, I already know I'm going to love it. And now there's going to be like some new surprises, too. But it's about just sort of revisiting something that you love and and getting some, you know, new elements out of it as well. But. You know, I, I agree some people are like, oh, it's just the same thing that I've already seen, but it's still a little bit different, I think.
0: I mean, I, I love how they always add new songs. I mean, they they should, mm-hmm. but, you know, the movies are, like, designed to be short and not have, like, a huge amount of songs in them. So, it's what I love about the adaptations is that they're able to, like, really expand on it and like add these like find these other song moments for these characters that you know if if the movies were longer maybe would have been in the movies too
1: one of my favorite enhancements of beauty and the beast that they did with the script is that the enchanted objects didn't just become enchanted objects they like slowly became them throughout the show so like Yeah, so Mrs. Potts throughout the show, like, she wouldn't be able to move this one hand anymore because now it was fully a handle. And, like, and that was sort of a a way of their impending doom. So it gave them this sense of urgency of, like, I really need to be human because I'm starting to lose myself. And it created this whole... Yeah, this whole other like it gave because I think you know probably the issue they might have faced is like okay we have these enchanted objects they're cute they're fun but like how do we really like feel about them you know and what do we know about their feelings about being changed into something and this sort of gave them that humanity of like I'm becoming I'm losing myself and I need to you know I need to it gave it gave a such a, a great. Um, I uh, said before, sense of urgency to it, like they needed to do something about the the curse and the beast because otherwise they were they were not going to be around much longer.
0: Yeah, like yeah, something more for them to yeah, like the ticking clock was like like really physical for right. them. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I love that. Um, but yeah, and La- so Lion King also had added a few song moments as well. Um, I remember a song for, for Simba.
1: Endless Night?
0: That's probably what it is that I'm thinking of.
1: Where he sings after he sees like Mufasa in the clouds.
0: Most likely.
1: Yeah, I love that song. That's my favorite song that they added. And I think Julie Taymor wrote the lyrics to that.
0: I'm seeing that here in this song list. Yes, Julie Taymor... Lebo M., Hans Zimmer, and Jay Rifkin
2: mm-hmm.
0: are yeah. credited with the writing yeah, of that song. song. Yeah, that definitely, like, I saw that show when I was in, uh, in, in 1998, or <laughs> whenever it came out, and I still, mm-hmm. like, that song, and I, you know, that song, definitely, I can remember that, you know, from the production. I mean, I yeah. guess because it was a new element, you know, but... Um, like that and like all the the puppetry and, and that too, but but that song for sure.
2: promised you'd be there whenever i needed you whenever i call your name you're not anywhere i'm trying to hold up, just waiting to hear your voice one word just a word will do to end this nightmare
0: yeah it's also so interesting so like we know like, it's pretty well documented, especially now that we have the the Howard documentary on Disney Plus that, you know, Howard Ashman and, and uh, Alan Menken, they, you know, came from the musical theater world, and that's why the, you know, these movies are very musical theater already. Um, but it is interesting how when, you know, they stopped writing these movies, that they... Well, and, you know, Howard died and, you know, they brought on some other writers here and there that they still kept for a while after they still kept that idea going. Like with the Lion King, like now Elton John is is creating these, you know, oh. musical numbers. I mean, he's also gone into writing musical theater more as well. But um, but they they really stuck to, you know, in in the artist's own way, but they really stuck to like we're going to have these musical numbers still in these in these movies and then subsequently yeah. in the shows.
1: Yeah, Howard Ashman. I mean, Howard Ashman is the reason that Disney was back on its feet for all that because he came in and was like, this is how you tell a story with songs. He, you know the animators and everybody, they're like, I didn't know what an I Want song is, you know, the song that the protagonist sings that lets the audience know, okay, this is what they want, this is what we're rooting for them to get. You know, he sort of introduced all of that, and how do you tell the story through the lyrics and the music, and he just brought all of that to them, and you know, when he, unfortunately, he passed away, but I think Disney sort of kept that and we're like, you know, he taught us how to tell stories with song, and we're, you know, and they and they did keep doing that for a while.
0: I I, I always loved the song. I just can't wait to be king. <laughs> it's like this. No, I'm sure people don't talk about that one as much, yeah. but um, it's just like a really great. It, it's just like a really great musical theater song, and they are like, um, you know, you know, the back and forth and the on that is between the two characters
1: it's a great i want song for simba
0: yeah exactly so what's your favorite song in lion king
1: um i would agree with you like probably when the movie with the movie i just can't wait to be king i loved that one and then in the broadway show i love endless night i think it's so beautiful
0: then i guess there was like the tarzan and little mermaid years of Disney on Broadway which I did not see either of these (laughs) so maybe you can elaborate yeah (laughs) you can elaborate more
1: well Little Mermaid I I had to see Little Mermaid well let's see Tarzan came out first which so Tarzan still surprises me that they chose to do that one I didn't really see that but I think they were trying to go back to the Julie Taymor-esque idea and I think that they were presented with this idea and they're like hey this could be really awesome this could be really great and honestly the first opening of the of the show with the shipwreck and them swimming and all that it was so great and I was like this is going to be like an amazing show and the and the design I didn't I didn't mind the design them swinging on the vines and you could see them like hook themselves to the vine um I really didn't mind that but the show overall, it just I just don't think Tarzan made a great Broadway musical.
0: I, I remember when reading the reviews of that and them saying similar.
1: Right. I mean, I still saw it twice, but I didn't think it was a great musical.
0: <laughs> did they did they add in more songs as as they've been doing with the other ones?
1: Yes. Phil Collins did all the music again and wrote new songs. And, you know, some of the songs, they were good, but again, like, it just really, and I don't know if it was because Phil Collins hadn't written a musical, like, so I think they probably had to work with him a lot about, like, you know, character and and using, you know, songs to tell stories versus the way he might write his music. Um, but, you know, they they had some fun songs, but again, it just, I don't know, I just think the overall idea... With all the Disney properties, I was like, why Tarzan? Like, why right now? But apparently, though, Tarzan has a great life overseas. Like, people love it overseas.
0: Interesting. I mean, I, I remember really liking the movie. But, yeah. It, um, yeah. But, yeah. The, and it, it seemed to me that in the movie... Because in the movie, the characters aren't singing the songs, right? They're...
1: Right. There wasn't a musical. It was just, like... Yeah, Phil Collins' songs played over the scene. Yeah,
0: like musical moments more than actual songs. And I'm wondering if that also, right. like, affected how it was, you know, adapted since they weren't, with the other f- films, they were starting with, like, already these character songs, whereas these weren't right. already character songs.
1: yeah it wasn't, it wasn't the best. And Little Mermaid, like, I mean, that was, I feel like Little Mermaid might've been the most anticipated Disney because everybody loves the Little Mermaid and it has such great potential. And I I hope maybe they revisit and try it again. I mean, I saw that show multiple times too, because I loved it and I, I didn't dislike everything about it. But again, I think it was like not a great combination of of designers, maybe the director, the set designer, you know, it just felt a little like a lot of ideas, and I don't know if they all went together. The mermaids they skated on Heely's, the s- underwater sets were very, um, kind of just like these big glass type ornamental looking things, like, there wasn't a ton of scenery, and um. I don't know. I mean, it has a great story. I I don't feel like it probably needed that much book work. They did add songs, and they tried to add, you know, some some elements here and there. But, you know, I think it kind of stands on its own. Similar to Beauty and the Beast, you don't have to do too much with it. But design-wise, I think it could have been maybe a little more fantastical with the swimming and everything like that. Uh, Yeah, I'm hopeful that they maybe revisit it. Because I know when it went off-Broadway, like it closed... It has a, a has a big regional life. Everybody wants to do it, and they did. They did revisit the book, and they added some. They replaced some songs, so they did change it. So it is different than what it was on Broadway. So I'm curious if it would ever like maybe years come back for another try.
0: I think that, yeah, the next show that came from Disney to Broadway was Aladdin, which I find this one to be just so interesting. Because this one I did see., <laughs> uh, but I find this one yeah, to be nice. like so interesting because it really, so not only are they they filling in these musical moments that weren't in the movie, but they're they're taking songs that were cut from the movie and and, you know, adding them in some of Howard Ashman's work um, that didn't make it into the movie, and also, you know, you know, were new work before he, you know, work we didn't hear because he then he passed away. And then, um, so there's like a a lot of there's like a mishmash of of different ways that songs are are being added added to the show, which I think is like super interesting.
1: yeah, Aladdin was really exciting to me because I felt like it I really liked that one. I really liked what they did. I thought that one. I thought that was done really well. I was like, "This is kind of what you wanted." It was like everything you loved about the movie. It was bright. It was colorful. It was fun. And then they added some other songs, which I love. Some of the new songs. Um, yeah, I thought that one was was done really well. And I feel like it had been a little bit since they had a a musical that you know had had really done well. I mean, there was Newsies before that, um, which was very popular, but sort of that was you know had a big following. But Aladdin was kind of like, all right, like this is kind of a big Disney musical, and it's good, and it, it kind of made you think of like you know Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, like it, it was it was something you walked away from being like I really loved that.
0: Yeah, and I I definitely want to talk about all the all the the not all of them, but a lot of them, the different new songs that are in there. There are all these songs that Howard Ashman wrote, like Proud of Your Boy which now has an, yeah, unfor- a, now has an unfortunate um, connotation yes. with the Proud Boys but yeah. um, it's, it's such a good song Proud of your boy I'll make you proud of your boy Believe me
2: bad as I've been ma You're in for a pleasant surprise I've wasted time I've wasted me so say I'm slow for my age. A late bloomer. Okay, oh, I agree that I've been
0: one rotten kid. Some sun, some pride, and some joy. You probably know more about this, but it seems like he wrote for these other characters, um, Omar, Kasim, and uh, yeah. Babcock. Bobcock. And uh, right. so those songs are now... And those characters are are now in the the musical.
1: Yeah, I think Howard had done like a whole... I think probably... Because he died... He went through Beauty and the Beast. He never got to see Beauty and the Beast release. So he died right before the release. But he had already been working on Aladdin. And so I think he had done a whole treatment of Aladdin. So... When they revisited the Broadway show, they're like, "Oh, we have all these songs and ideas that Howard had contributed. So let's find ways to sort of put them back in." And yeah, Aladdin had those three friends. Um, the "Proud of Your Boy" song was was one, and I think they had done like you know, sort of storyboards for "Proud of Your Boy." You can see, I think, on the special features of the of the of the movie, the DVD, the animated movie. Um, so they had really had a almost made those those songs almost made it into the film but I was glad they were able to sort of revisit them with the Broadway show which they did with Beauty and the Beast they put Human again in there which was a Howard song that was cut from the film which they put they put in the Broadway show then they re then they animated it and inserted it into the animated movie for a re-release like many years later
0: interesting um but yeah so it's like we get this, like all these bonus Howard Ashman songs, which is great. I mean, the movie already had two lyricists because, you know, as you said, Ashman passed away. Um, they brought in Tim Rice, and then we get also for the musical these more more new songs by, um, and I wish I were confident in how to pronounce his last name, Chad. Big Be- I'm really butchering this. So he also wrote, uh, you know, a bunch of songs for it as well, and um, so they're all in there together, the, all those songs. And um, yeah, I think my like I love all of the new all of the Howard Ashman songs. I and I like most of the other new ones too. I think my main kind of disappointment with the the, the show and the, how the new songs were was that I wanted um, a different song for Jasmine. They they have one for her that, uh, which is good. Like, yeah, of course, like, Jasmine should have a song, uh, her own song, you know. But I wish, so it's called um, These Palace Walls, and yeah. I just, I wish that this song went more into what Jasmine, like, really wants, and because, like, we know she wants to get out of the palace, you know, like, but, like, really, why, like, I felt like this this lyric could have gone, like, so much deeper um, into, like, what she, like, who she was and, like, what she really wants, um because, yeah, I just I just felt it stayed like very surface. A princess must say this. A princess must marry a total stranger.
2: It's absurd! Suit your talk of love, but it's an act merely meant to throw me. How can someone love me when in fact they don't know me? They want my royal treasure when all is said and done. It's time for a desperate measure So I wonder Why shouldn't I fly so far from here? I know the girl I might come here Sad and confined And always locked behind these palace walls
1: I, I can tell you a couple things about songs for Jasmine. So, in the out-of-town tryout for Aladdin, the song was different for Jasmine. It was called Call Me a Princess, and it was a Howard Ashman song that was written for the movie, and they had it in the show, and it was a completely different tone. It was this, like, slinky, jazzy sort of upbeat number, and she was singing it to... If you, re- if you remember from the scene, one of the suitors is coming in trying to woo Jasmine to marry you know, she's not interested in marrying anybody. So she's singing this song to him and she's putting on this act of like, oh yeah, call me a princess, I'm rich, whatever. And she's, it's this fun song. It's really fun. However, they cut it from, they replaced it in the Broadway show because it was the first time you were seeing Jasmine and you kind of didn't like her when you saw her like that because you're like, wait, why is she acting so bratty? And so, but really she was putting on an act for this guy, but it it kind of, I think, gave you the wrong sort of, perception of Jasmine It was just really, like, I I agree with you. The Behind These Palace Walls song was kind of like, ah, you want something a little, you know, something different for Jasmine to sing about. But there's a stage show, there was a stage show in Disneyland in California Adventure, um, many years before the Broadway show. There was a stage version of Aladdin, and it was like a Broadway show. But they had a song for Jasmine that was so good, it was called To Be Free, and it was basically her singing about what she wants. And it was, the music was actually score from the movie, um, which you may recognize. And it was so beautiful and so wonderful. And I was like, they should bring this song and put it in the Broadway show. But of course, I think they didn't because they wanted it to be, you know, its own thing. But that would have been a great song. Lucky bird
2: inside a gilded cage Golden word spoke by an ancient Everything you may have in life, still all you hold is dust. Must I yearn forever to be free, free to climb a tree and ponder, free to wander.
0: so nice it's yeah. pretty right yeah i mean definitely more what i would what what i would want for the jasmine moment there um right. then the beyond the, i don't know maybe they wanted a song that was a little more like i don't know i guess beyond these pal- palace walls like builds really builds bigger and,
1: you know... Yeah, I think they had to jumpstart the story and be like, okay, we have to know she wants to get out, and she's gonna get out now. Because in that end of that song, she gets her cloak, and she's, like, going out. So I think they had to sort of, like, move the story to be like, alright, in this song, we have to know who she is, what she wants, and then by the end, she has to, like, leave. So... Yeah. I think it was kind of but a quick still I wish moment. I wish
0: the song went a little deeper what's your favorite song in Aladdin
1: I really love the one Aladdin and Jasmine sing called a million miles away when they're both singing about um it's when it's in that moment when he after he rescues her and they're sitting in his sort of like home that he's built and they're kind of talking about feeling trapped and both wanting to escape the lives that they have I think that's a really pretty song
0: yeah that it's nice to have them have a, a first act duet uh because everybody knows right, a whole new, world, whole new world um yeah. which is which is a great song but um right. to have the have another one that's that's new and like a different moment um i also just really really enjoy the the high adventure song that Ash I, ashman wrote i guess as part of the you know right. for the for the friends the yeah
1: I, and I, I did enjoy the genie song, Somebody's Got Your Back, when he comes and rescues Aladdin, and it's sort of like this buddy song that they sing about the... I thought that was a good moment for Aladdin and the genie to have a song, too, because their relationship is, is so important in the, yeah. In the story, Yeah, There's
0: too. just, like... It, it's just really cool how, like, they're they found all these moments in the show and were able to expand it in the way that Ashman was thinking and, you know, with the friends and, right. you know, all that stuff. It, it of course, makes me wonder, like, what if Ashman were alive and he was the one expanding it and got to include, uh, you know, write, you know, all the new songs and got to include everything he wanted to include and, you know.
1: Yeah, I think I was like, if he had been alive for Broadway, he would have been like, oh my gosh, this is my element, like, let me take these Broadway shows I just think some of them probably would have been so much better. Even the live action, you know, revisits of Beauty and the Beast that like I think he would have added so much to them.
0: Just again another another, you know, reason to wish he were still he was still around and yeah. feel the the tragedy of his his passing. Mary Poppins it always just growing up struck me as like that was the Disney movie that I was like why isn't this on stage like it just felt like right. it um right. it was I guess because unlike the animated films it's a longer film it's much more fleshed out the, there's more the songs are the song moments are all there and
1: right it was truly structured like a musical like it felt like that But, yeah, they did a great job at that. Um, And so Frozen, did you see Frozen?
0: I didn't, and now it's gone.
1: (laughs) So now now you never will, unless you go to London or somewhere. Um,
0: Yeah, it could come back.
1: It could. Frozen was, so I enjoyed Frozen, however... And one, I thought they could have done some really great things with it. And I think, so originally they had Alex Timbers as the director. And then they like just parted ways one day. And I, in my mind, I feel like Alex Timbers wanted to do some things with it that they were like, you can't do that with Frozen. Or like maybe he wanted to be darker or maybe he wanted to, you know. And I kind of thought that would have been cool to see. But Frozen... It was great, but that show, like, that was literally, like, the movie on stage. They they added new songs, but they really did not add a whole lot, like, story-wise. There was a little more of the parents and stuff in the beginning, but other than that, it was very much just the movie on stage. And I think because Frozen was such a huge property and they knew how beloved it was, I think they were too afraid to, like, mess with it.
0: Right. It seems like... Yeah, it, it it really seemed like, I mean, the, I, I heard the effects were so cool, but it really seemed like they were going for, like, this is going to be, like, a lot of little kids, like, first Broadway show, and they're going to want to see what they know, like, right. in the theater, you know.
1: But then at the same point, the, the things they did change, I was like, well... So, like, if you remember in the movie, there's, like, the trolls. But in the Broadway show, they were, like, these... Um, I forget now what they called them. But they were sort of, like, people. But they were, like, part... Not animal. But anyway, some of them, they were, like, you know, shirtless men. And, like, you know, like, all the stuff. And I was like, I wonder... And they kind of look scarier. And I was like, oh, it would have been really neat to have the trolls. I think that would have been a cool... Um, I wonder why they changed them to, I think they called them like the hidden folk or something. And um, that would have been really cool just to keep them as trolls because that could have been a fun makeup thing and kids would have loved it. But they were a little darker and scarier, which I didn't mind. But I was like, of all the things to sort of add or change, I was wondering why they decided to to change that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean that. I mean, that show also felt like, or that movie also felt like, I forget which movies came before it, but that one really felt like we're going to bring in musical theater writers and they're going to write some musical theater songs and this is going to be yeah. like a musical theater movie because um, with, uh, you know, Bobby Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, like doing the, the songs and, um, but I mean, they're, they're very, they're so great because they are so musical theater. Like, do you want to build a snowman? Yeah. And um, obviously, yeah, let it, so it go. Cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, when that movie came out, it was like, oh, the Disney musical is back. Like they were doing it again because they hadn't for a while. The movies were not always musicals, and they so the movies didn't do that well. So
0: you know, there's definitely. Animate, reasons to not have a musical animated movie like they don't all they, they don't right. all have to be but it, it does seem like if you're doing like a fairy tale and a classic, in the in, classic in a Disney way then like it, why not have the <laughs> have like what right. they're known no, for no. which are these like making them into you know these Using all those musical theater elements for the movies, Aida was is the only other one we haven't really talked about, right? And which I didn't see. I liked Aida. Did you see it? I didn't see it. Uh, I wish I did because it sounds like it was really great.
1: Yeah, it was interesting when it came out because it was like you were so used to like the Disney movies and the and like Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. And then it was like oh Aida, which was this original like you know based on an opera. Elton John and it wasn't a movie and it wasn't necessarily, a, I mean, kids went to it, but when I saw it, I was like, I don't feel like this is necessarily a kid's show. There wasn't like a lot of like silly humor. There weren't like sidekicks. There weren't animals, you know, there weren't talking things. There wasn't magic. It was very much a story about, you know, a slave in Nubia falling in love with this, you know, prince. Um, and it sort of has a tragic ending. So, but I really liked it. I thought it was a, a good show i wish I wish Disney would do more original, like bring things like that. Back I mean, that
0: kind of gets into like why like why do they not do more original original shows like that, I guess, And you know they have these great movies that work in the theater. Um, but they yeah, they could. And then I guess if they are doing something original, what, like, kind of what makes it Disney? Like, what made Aida Disney, you know, is right. kind of, like, a yeah, question, too. True.
1: It didn't have that same... It, it did and it didn't. Like, when I saw it, I was like, I don't know, there was something about it, I was like, yes, this is a Disney musical. But at the same time, there was really nothing... It wasn't super Disney family, you know, it was... I thought it was very much for adults, so...
0: yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. So like if yeah, if Disney were to do another original musical, like what would they do? <laughs>
1: it's just like yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready for it August. Yeah.
0: It it's it's a cool question to think about. Just I mean, since they're such a brand, you know. What would they what what story would they feel like, "Oh, this could be this could be part of Disney, yeah, exactly. but it's not hasn't been so far, and we'll just put it on the stage." <laughs>
2: Right,
0: right. Yeah. Let's move on to our next section, Why Is This So Good, where we will uh, go back to Beauty and the Beast and talk about the song Home, Um, one of the additional songs that wasn't in the movie. So why did you uh, pick this song for Why Is This So Good?
1: So in the theme of Disney on Broadway, I thought this was a great addition to beauty and the beast i personally loved it because if you think about like beauty and the beast Belle, she really doesn't sing that much she sings in the opening and then a little bit in with the beast into something there but like the character they're like you're like i want to hear more songs from Belle, just like little mermaids like i want to hear more from ariel like they don't sing as uh, they don't get a lot of songs because the movie's only an hour and a half so they don't have time but so what's great about the Broadway shows is you get these characters get to sing more. And so for Belle, this song I just thought was a perfect moment when she decides to stay in the castle for her father so he can be free and the beast sort of imprisons her there and she's in this room and it's like, you know, is this my home now? And it's sort of like this she's sort of pondering, like, what am I gonna do? It's sort of like this she's lost, but by the end of the song, she's like, No, I, I can do this. Like my life has changed before and I can handle that. I think, you know, alluding to like the death of her mother, sort of. And she's like, I can handle that, so I can handle the, this. And if this has to be home, then this is home. And and um, home is where the heart is, sort of, uh, a feeling. Um, and the other thing about this song that I love is that Alan Menken, the melody of this song, was actually written by Alan Menken. And it was written... To be about Howard Ashman after his death, Alan wanted to write a song to honor Howard Ashman, and he sat down and he wrote this melody, and then he said he just put it away because at the time he just couldn't do it. It was too emotional. It was too hard to to write the song. So when Beauty and the Beast came around and they were they were like, we need a night, we need a song here, we need something. He was like, I've got this melody, I think I'll do it. Um, We'll use it here, and it became Home. And so I think the, the way the song goes, she sings like, is this home? But Alan Menken's version for Howard was called My Old Friend. Um, and that's what the song really was. So it was kind of a tribute that he could put into Howard in the musical.
2: Is this home? Is this well? never dreamed that a home could be dark and cold. I was told every day in my childhood, even when we
0: What I find so interesting about it is that the like the word it seems like it's gonna land like that the melody is gonna like land on the word home, but it doesn't quite like it goes to like you know a I'm looking at the sheet music right now, a and C so it'll like it feels like it's gonna like just land on like some kind of you know dominant chord there but it doesn't it ends on it lands on an F this is in the key of C so it lands on like an F6 chord and the the note in the melody is like the 6th so it's just like very unstable feeling to me and um which I thought was so cool when you're asking like is this home and it's not um right. to have that like very unstable feeling on that um on that word um, and then the line you know the phrase keeps going is this where I should learn to be happy and then it resolves you know down to the back to the C chord um, uh, but it's so interesting to think that his words Alan Menken's words for that uh, word for that note was friend um, right. just like brings an interesting like shade to to that, to that, um, to that melody, like what he must, how he was thinking about it,
1: and I like the, the melody, especially at the end of the song, the final few notes. The melody also reminds me of like a music box, and there's something about Belle being in the 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 castle bedroom, and it's you know it is a beautiful bedroom, but it's not her home. But it just kind of feels like, oh, if she had a music box and she opened it, that would be the song that was like coming out of the music box. Like, it just sort of has that sort of feel to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of song that I love. That they add that, like, you really, as you said, like we need to hear more from from Belle. We need to hear more from our main character, and I think this is such like a a good song moment for her. Um, you know, we it's not the i. It's not I want, but it's, like, what she's... Just, like, you know, anytime we can go into, like, what someone's feeling at, like, a critical moment, um... Right. I think is so important. And, of course, you know, I love the... the little internal rhymes, or extra rhymes with the... the phrase ends, never dreamed that a home could be dark and cold. I was told every... Like, uh, it does it again, like, um where is that place, uh, place, tragic place, just in case I should stay here, who knows when, oh, but then, so I love, I love any time we have, like, a little, you know, internal type rhyme that, like, keeps coming back, this is, uh, Tim Rice, right, who wrote the lyrics, yeah, is that, Tim
1: Rice. Yeah.
0: yeah, nothing lasts, nothing holds all of me, it's such, like, a, it's like a very like kind of deep deep line there toward the end of the, the lyric.
1: Yeah. I think it's such a good exp- a moment of expressing how she really feels like giving basically giving up her life to stay here for her father and sort of what that means. I think it's a really great uh it captures that moment really well. But
0: it's cool how in the the song has, like, the heart is far away, and home is far away, that's over there, um, but how that changes, um, as as the song goes on, so it's like, my heart's far, far away, home is too, and then at the end, my heart's far, far away, home, and free, and, I don't know, just that little change is very interesting to me, like, uh now that means like now home means something a little different home like it's not like it's not specifically over there um right it's it's in the process like of expanding and changing because it's free Then let's move on to our uh, last section, Something Wonderful. Uh, Just anything upcoming or current in musical theater that we are excited about or want to give a shout out to.
1: Well, I loved, I don't know if you watched it. I can't remember. I think I I mentioned it, but the Ratatouille TikTok musical. Oh,
0: no, I didn't watch it. I missed it.
1: It was very cute. I mean, although not produced at all by Disney by any means, but it is a Disney film and they wrote, like they had all these different people contribute songs to it and the songs were like, were really catchy. It was really, it was really fun. It was a really cute show. Uh, I was excited that people were able to, that we could put together a TikTok musical, and it was actually edited pretty nicely. Like, I thought it was enjoyable to watch. Um, And some other things I'm excited about. So I was a big Smash fan, the TV show Smash. And so supposedly they are going to bring the musical Bombshell, which is the musical they were creating in the show. Supposedly they are going to bring Bombshell the musical to the stage about Marilyn Monroe. And I thought some of the songs from the show and Bombshell were like really great, so I'm kind of excited that they would they would do that.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. This it was so great to have your Disney passion and expertise um, to talk about musical theater.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. It was very fun. I'll talk about Disney anytime. <laughs>
0: Thank you all for listening to this episode of scene to song. You can write to scene to song at gmail.com with a comment or question about an episode or about musical theater, or if you'd like to be a podcast guest, love this podcast, help it find more listeners by rating it on Apple podcasts and leaving a review. Follow us on Instagram at scene to song on Twitter at scene song and on Facebook at scene to song with Shoshana Greenberg podcast. The theme music you are hearing is by Julia Meinwald. And check back here in two weeks for our next episode.